0: hello and welcome to another episode of the trading desk podcast my name is joshua thanos and today i have a a guy that i can probably call a friend at this point and uh his second time on our podcast talking about another watch that he's created and that is aaron Bazertanian. what's up man how are you josh it's good to be with you again man great to see you great to talk to you and uh, we got some important stuff to talk about. We have watches. We also have other things that we can talk about, too. Um, but before we get deep into it, uh, let's start with our customary wrist track. So you start first, man, because you got a really cool thing on there. Yes.
1: Oh, so I'm still wearing my uh, Plum HN00 prototype. Um, I recently changed it out. I was wearing a light green like khaki strap on it, which I unofficially dubbed it like this Hulk, uh, just because like the old comic book, you know depiction of the hulk was was that way um and it, and it looked like that and, and um what was it maybe a month ago a uh, good I, I don't know if it's a mutual contact i'm sure you've heard of him danny goldsmith um of um out of florida he put together dinner with collectors and you know me and um a couple of other brands if i'm not mistaken um and his thing is pink so i was like okay I'm, i have this fuchsia color so i'm wearing this fuchsia color um, oh, nice, it really goes along with the plum, and it's it, it, it kind of stuck. Like, I only wore it for him that, that weekend, and it kind of just I don't know, it goes with it, so that's what I'm wearing.
0: Beautiful, love it, dude. That's awesome. And if you guys don't know, that is uh, that's a watch of your making, yes, yes, yeah.
1: That's a prototype. Is that the first one ever made? That's uh, hold on, let me uh, officially, there were three prototypes, but I'm trying to make sure. So this was the second prototype. Actually my father has the first ever prototype. Okay.
0: okay. Good move. I like that. Keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Fantastic. That that's gotta be an amazing feeling to make a watch and then
1: give it to your father. It was it's it's um still to this day. He looks at me, he's like, I remember running around like doing the dumbest stuff and yeah, you know, just just being a kid. Um, look at you now, you know, you're running your own company. So um it's still, man, I'll I'll wake up every day and kind of think to myself like how the hell am I here man <laughs> that's awesome man yeah i've given my dad watches never one that i made so <laughs> maybe that's
0: maybe down the road we'll see maybe all, yeah. all right i have something not nearly as cool but it is sentimental um this is my first panerai this was i don't think it was my first watch it's probably my first like real watch i think i i bought a breitling aerospace before this which i still have which the battery died um but i've had this watch for going almost 10 years which actually um August 13th was my 10 years with in the watch industry and I guess with this company in some way because it was an old a company that was before Watchbox that was that was rebranded into Watchbox but so I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary and I saw this watch in the Watchbox I haven't worn it in a while it's a Panerai radiomir stainless steel 45 millimeter. it's a PAM380 long discontinued old ETA movement um and yeah this was the the first real watch i guess um or mechanical watch i've ever purchased and my first panerai and it kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of panerai it made me turn me into a panerai guy so wearing the watch today i actually it's funny funny story i bought i i own this watch didn't wear it i actually sold it to a friend and told him i have first rights if you ever want to sell it back which then he sold it back to me um and then and i didn't wear it i just i'm like okay i took it put it back into my in my watch box i went to go wear it and it turned out it was broken he <laughs> broke he broke. He what? overwhelmed it and broke the mainspring so I had to, yeah i didn't even realize this and i told him like months later he's like no i didn't do it i'm like it's too late now i guess but i had to send it back in um but i needed factory service anyway so i sent it to the factory it was fully refinished fully serviced and uh yeah it doesn't doesn't get enough wrist time you know what i need i need some funky straps i've i think so you have the 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 magenta or the the purple strap there, colored straps I
1: think are a thing now. Yeah. I I um so so first and foremost we share some similarity in that. Uh, so I have not the reference you have, but I have a very similar watch, the seven five four Black Seal. Okay. Um, and the later version of this essentially. So it was my that was also my first serious watch that my wife got for me. Um, again, like you, it does not get anywhere near the wrist time. That it used to just because I'm wearing my watch all the time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like you said again, the strap colors, and that's definitely something I got from Panerai because they had so many different materials, different colors, whatever you can think of, they had it. Um, I uh, that kind of translated over into even my time at Jorn. I um, you know the the tables that they have in the boutiques, you know all the straps. I'm like this this is. It gives you so much more personality for the thing that is being made. And albeit in in the genre realm, obviously, they're making only, what, 900, 800 watches, whatever it is. Um, But again, like a CS Havana Red Gold looks like another CS Red Gold Havana. But you can go with the guy that's just conservative and does brown straps. And then you can put it on like this. I used to wear it on this ivory alligator strap, which was phenomenal on the wall. Um, and, um, And that translated over. I'm like, you know what? All of my watches will have plenty of options for people to choose from. So, oh yeah, uh, I like. I love that. I literally have a, like uh, a large, like, well,
0: it's like a small duffel bag, but full of straps of every <laughs> different kind. I actually recently sorted through them, and but I have, I have at least a hundred Panerai straps. Um, but so mirror straps are tough. I don't think they manufacture them anymore for the forty-five millimeter mirror Because I, I was trying to get the one for a customer. And sure. it became like a whole nightmare. And I found there was a Panerai boutique up in Worth Ave. And the guy just had some. Um, and and uh, like he's like, yeah, I, I, we've been stashing away because we knew that they were discontinuing them, all that stuff. So it's hard to find straps for these. But like Panerai stepped up their strap game in t- in general. So like, yeah, on my on my red on my um, Luminor, I have a Pam two thirty three, which is that's my everyday wear. Especially now that I have kids, like I've I've sold yeah. off a bunch of my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's just like i you know i don't really i haven't my collecting's been like somewhat on hold um actually so definitely after i have my second kid so you know she's about 10 months old now and i i, have, I don't think i bought a watch in the last 10 months i can't maybe i did i can't remember but um but definitely sold off a few watches and, and whatnot but so i just wear my radio mirror or my my 233 every day my wife we were at the um the new york boutique um like two summers ago at the new york panerai boutique well, we stopped by we went to like ap first they had no watches we bought some straps then we went to panerai they had all the watches but we bought straps (laughs) i'm not not buying a panerai at retail right now um so my uh, so i picked a few different color rubber straps and they had a white one and my wife's like let me get you should get this one i'm like no i'm not gonna wear white rubber strap on my watch i'm whatever what am i I, like who am i right so my wife just buys the strap and then on the plane home, I start messing with it, and I put it on that watch. And I'm like, "Hmm, it's kind of nice." I haven't taken that strap off that watch in almost two years. No, it's again, yeah, it's been two years this summer. See, so you you cannot question your wife. No, you no, especially with with fashion. I don't know why I thought that I would know better than her. Right. She picked that, the white rubber strap on that, on that pin. It's like, it's become a thing. I had a, I had a bright orange strap, which I look back at it. And I'm like, I thought it was so cool. Like, what a stupid idiot. Me walking around with a bright orange strap, like the white strap. I don't Something about it just looks super nice. So I, I think a black dial, a white strap works every single time. So there you go. There's some, as a tip for you, for you <laughs> as with your, with your watch company.
1: So, um, um I'm, I'm I'm glad to say so we did the alcantara for um the first one and that was the only option albeit there was plenty of uh color options for people to choose from mm-hmm. uh, and for the second one um I was you know what I'm like you know I'm going to step it up in terms of like what people can do to you know just express themselves and you know the different materials so I'm glad to say there's going to be three different materials this time actually four given that the alcantara um, mold is there, so I can. If someone does want Alcantara, they can order it. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna do alligator, both shiny or glossy, I should say, uh, glossy and matte. Um, we're gonna do uh, canvas with the uh, okay. velcro, and I, I'm i still, trying, I love that, but I'm gonna do with uh, the actual loop itself that the velcro grows on. Um, they're going to be so it's john Rousseau again and uh i'm glad to say like the they are supplying some of the biggest brands and like the most prestigious brands that you know sure. um so i'm yeah. glad to say the same quality going on my watch you know so mm-hmm. uh that's always good to hear and then i saw this material so uh my my contacts at um Jean Rousseau are pierre louis who's the guy that's essentially the general manager of the North American option operation. Um, great guy. I had lunch with him maybe like a month ago. And um, uh, Nathaniel, who is the more technical, like actually putting together the prototypes and fitting it to the case molds that you send him. Um, and I, he sent me this huge box of like whatever they have, like crazy stuff. Um, and instantly I saw this swatch uh, little loop um, with, like all kinds of crazy colors, and it was goat. So yep. I never even like thought of it as a as something. Think mm-hmm. of it as like a grainy calf. That's essentially what it looks huh. like. Um, so you like see, the material. like you you will identify the material immediately. Um, but it's very supple. Like it's one of the softest leathers I've ever felt. Um, hmm. So I was like, you know, what, maybe that's a cool thing too. So we're gonna sample that. Um, I figured dress with the the alligator. Um, goat is more of like the casual, semi casual, I guess you can say. Mm Uh, and then the canvas is like pure sport. So, um, what's on the inside of the canvas? Is it all canvas? The whole thing before the time, I uh, I think we're gonna put calf, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be, I actually i don't know yet. Um, well, let's stop for one second because we just went right
0: into it, right? So, just to have this as a standalone podcast. Why don't you quickly kind of introduce yourself and say, like, because we're talking about your watch brand. We haven't talked about the name of it or anything like oh. that. So let's for anybody who's listening to this and saying, what the hell is going on? Who is this guy? What is
1: he talking about? Sure, sure. So uh, do, you want, do you want me to do it? Ready? Okay. Go. <laughs> uh, my name is Aaron Bazurkanian, and I'm the CEO and founder of Havid Nagan.
0: Havid Nagan. Okay. So this is your watch brand, which if you're listening to this now, you can go ahead and pause this, scroll back to like uh was it a little over a year ago
1: maybe i can't uh, remember maybe it was two years ago i can't remember how long the actual launch you mean no our our podcast oh <laughs> I, I launched it in april of 2022 um so maybe may june something like that okay so yeah about a year ago so scroll yeah. back Let's go back to a year ago. You can listen to that
0: podcast so you can find out what the hell we're talking about. And then you come back here. We can talk about the, the, what's happening now. So, yeah. all right, good. Now we caught up. So, okay, you're talking about the um, so the watch trap. So question for you, right? So I live in Florida, right? I have to have a swimmable watch.
1: Yes. Is your watch swimmable? So so they're going to be rated at 100 meters. Yes, technically. Now, mm-hmm. the the thing I wanted to avoid most when I was designing the case and the watch itself was, I don't want people's minds to go immediately to sports watch. Sure. I, I just didn't want to be put in a box. And again, I'll, I'll come back to um, the different thought processes I've had from our last conversation and where I am now. And uh, honestly, up until maybe two or three months ago, I started um, thinking about the next uh, model line, I guess you can say, that this dress version of what Avid Nagan dress line would be. Um, I just didn't want to be put in a box with this watch because at the time, I didn't know, okay, maybe I'll do a dress watch because this was my first idea. I was so focused on it and the different complications and the different iterations of it. And um, that was my pure and utter focus in just developing this line out. Now that I have... I want to say the next 10 to 12 years of designs done. Um, And I can say, I can say that confidently the designs are very thought out. Um, I've sat there and just looked at these things, you know um, I draw them out, sit, put it on the table, look at it. I'll put it up on my walls. I'll just look at them as I'm doing just regular work or whatever I'm doing. Um, And I was like, man, you know, I love the, 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 the case design and everything, but I'm like, something's missing. Like I need to develop when I'm wearing the tuxedo, you know, like when I'm wearing a suit, like there has to be the dress version. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, not only for the second watch to be debuted, um, but next year, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if things go the way I'm planning and, you know, God willing, the business, you know, goes in the right direction, I might debut the dress watch that i've been working on and designing so um I, i'm glad to say we're, we have graphic renderings being done now so mm-hmm. you know and it's not just renders like it's it's a full mold of what will be used inside more or less the case construction is going to be um i again i don't want to get ahead of myself but and <sighs> i'm not over but it's not like anything you've seen in terms of um when you think of a dress watch like it's very Vintage inspired, it's very mm-hmm. um, what Patek used to do, and what Urban Jurgensen and uh, Rutilainen and you know, all these guys that have done things. You look at it, it's a dress watch, yes, but it's so interesting, it's so like nuanced to the point where you can't help but just smile at just the case construction, the lugs, and um the design of the dial is going to be unlike anything personally that I've seen, at least, I don't know if it exists out there, but, um, I wanted it to be, yes, it's a dress watch, but it's still got that hubby Nagan like nuance and just differentiation in terms of wrist presence. So, um, Hmm. I've been kind of I'm picturing scalloped lugs. (laughs) Uh Did I guess it right? Oh, so, so, um, (laughs) In a in a way, it'll it'll have that. It'll be hmm. more. It'll be more. Um, I've always told people in different interviews and different you know conversations. Um, mm-hmm. I've always back in the day when I was drawing in high school and painting, um, geometric shapes like always these like squared off, and then they go into organic shapes. So mm-hmm. they obviously going to be round. Um, it will be layered, uh, sort of like a layer cake in a way, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, sort of like a you know uh I, I don't know maybe vintage parmigiani oh. that cases. um hmm. and uh the the lugs that i i already know what the problems quote unquote are going to be when i when i present it to the teams um cuz they're the lugs are going to have to be sold like they're going to have to be soldered on like they're they're not they're not very easy to design in my opinion hmm. I'm wrong but um Uh, just the thought of it, I'm like, there's no way, like you have to attach this physically and literally, you know, mold it into the case. So, um, I'm glad to say 38 millimeter. Uh, that's where I want to be. I want it to be as thin as possible. Um, so I want to stay within that eight to nine millimeter thickness. Uh, the first one will be simple time only, um, with a, with a center seconds. That's my idea for it. Um, I, even more, I mean, I'm excited for that. But what I'm more even excited about is uh, I want to introduce a bracelet with a dress mm. watch. And um, really, with sure a dress watch, you want to put a bracelet oh, on it, not oh, not your not your sport model. No, because the sport model. I went back and forth, back and forth with even with collectors. Just, hey, Aaron, like this would be, this is begging for a bracelet. Mm-hmm. And I kept playing around. I kept like closing my eyes and like thinking, okay, let me envision this thing. And I I drew out the case and. I tried to play around with bracelet designs and I, it's, it's one, I mean, it's very, it's getting a bracelet wrong. It look wreck a watch it it, 100%. And um, it's harder to design that than it is anything else to be honest. I think so. I would agree Uh, with you. So, and I, and you don't want to be derivative, you know, you don't want to like make some Roy Loker, like a Nautilus derivative. So that's that's, that. Everything's been done. Like, what are you going to do that hasn't been done? Right. So what yeah. you do you so, even if
0: it's not derivative, somebody will accuse you. They'll find a picture of some watch that oh, well, this is where he got it from. Right. And it's and it's hard. Well, one thing I, one thing about your watch, like the case design, like picturing putting a bracelet on it, that's it's I don't, it's not made for it. That like, ex- not every watch needs a bracelet, by the no, way. No,
1: no, you're right. And and again, circling back to what we were talking about, like this could be the watch where uh you play around with straps endlessly. You no, know? like mm-hmm. just have fun, change. the watch entirely with with all that so um i what i want to do with the dress line is um have the optionality of the straps too because there will be obviously strap options um wants a metal bracelet on their watch and um uh what i want to do is curved uh alligator straps on those Mm -hmm. and uh the bracelet again i have a rough idea of what i want done again very vintage inspired um taking from, like, vintage uh, teardrop design and Bees of Rice uh, design. So I'm I'm telling you, when uh, I say I want it to be this standalone thing where people are like, wait, what the hell is that? Um, And it's coming from who? Like, it's not Patek doing it. It's not uh, Mm -hmm. these, like, traditional, you know, big historical brands doing something like this. So, um, again, all just like jumping off points and like, I haven't even begun talking to the teams about this, let alone talk about the bracelet because I have a feeling, okay, I want to do curved alligator straps. Um, Well, that means the bracelet has to also fit in a way, you know, how is this all going to work? So Mm -hmm. that's going to be the issue, like the lugs and the case joining each other. And then how is the bracelet and the strap going to work at the same time? So, um, you know, I, I'll have my work cut out for me then. Um, and then with the development of Lucene, um, the second uh, sports watch, I guess you can call it, or whatever mm-hmm. you, hybrid sports watch. I don't know what you right. want to um, That's been the obsession of my last, you know, I mean, I started working on it maybe two, two and a half years ago, but. Um, I think re- you me- I remember you mentioned about the second coming. So
0: we, because yes. our, during our last our last podcast, we talked about what is it? Is it the H N 0 or yeah? So that's the first one, and then hn O O one uh, is the second one. So well, here, coming back to my my, I love this because I asked you one question and you went so far off book, and I love it. So I asked you if the watch was swimmable because we were talking about straps,
1: and I want to know is there a rubber strap? So not yet. Um, okay. Why not? The reason is. Um, John Russo presented me a, uh, I guess it's a textured rubber kind of mm-hmm. strap, um, which I'm sure you've seen. Um, it's totally fine. It could totally work. It's, it's at this point, it would be very easy to do. Um, I, when I saw it, I hated it.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, when you say textured rubber, are you talking about like kind
1: of like on a, on a, on a Aquanaut? Like what's uh, like? No, no. So okay. that's what I want done now. Oh. Uh so the, the for example the Jean Elegant straps, uh yep. the off straps, um the uh, AP uh offshore straps that you have, um, those are vulcanized rubber. Yep. So to do those you need a mold. To do mm-hmm. a mold anywhere from twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: I worked in manufacturing before I <laughs> this, believe me. I, I lived in China
1: and worked in manufacturing, believe me, I know how expensive molds are. So, so it's there. I can do it. I I have the email thread. I I can jump on it, whenever I want. It's just not the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it when I'm there, I can um, spend on these things. Where and look, it's all towards the company. It's not like I'm messing around with anything. But um, one thing at a time. You know, like let me get Lucy out. Let me start working on just developing. You know, having a little more. Um, operating cash as they call it um mm-hmm. and uh, then i can start taking these things like it'll come all of this stuff is is there um it's just i need to focus on what's in right in front of me first and then okay. all right because that's going to be most interesting for me i need i need a right. shot. I, I know i know yeah. uh it'll
0: so, come so here's a question for you right because you know our first podcast we just got to know each other we were chatting up right so now i want to talk to you a little bit more about your watches which i love because you're so in detail about this stuff so um if you had to disc- so many many watch brands have like a focus right so like some are like very focused on the dial some are only the the movement some are the case construction some are you know complications whatever it is so like if you had to like pick one focus or say even like a starting point for your watches where you what is what is your focus what's your starting point you mean in terms of what like what happens first the genesis like yeah what do you exactly like so when you before you made your first watch you woke up out of bed you're like shit man i gotta make a watch with x xyz like that's where it starts right because it can't be everything it's got to be there has to be some some starting point some focus so what is what is when you're looking to start a new watch create a new watch like
1: where are you starting so so I'll give you the example with Lucy, um, just because that's the most direct uh, example I can give you. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to go in a different direction in terms of dial design um, okay. with, from 00 to 01. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason being is I kind of you're kind of learning what you are. As in life, you know, you're learning about yourself and, you know, who you are in the world and what you want to become and, you know, all that. Um, I was learning, okay, this is what I want my watch to look like and the evolution of that. So um, I would say personally, the first thing I thought about when I decided to design Lucene was what is the point of the watch existing? Mm-hmm. So I guess you can call that inspiration or, you know, I, I like, and, uh, I would call it inspiration. Um, so it started. It's okay, so a reason I, to live. We talk well, about that in our industry.
0: Mike Manjewis right. always says, he right. goes, we talk about a watch. He goes, it's got a reason to live. If it doesn't have a reason to live, you can't
1: sell it. No one's going to buy it. Exactly. So, and and it, there's two definitions of that, I suppose. The reason to live is, one, what does it mean to me? Which is the most important thing. Because, it, it, you know, if I don't believe in it, if I don't need it, why mm-hmm. do other people believe in it or need it? So, right. um I always knew I always love moon phase uh, watches. I know they're, you know, m- totally and utterly useless in terms of, you know, actually doing anything for people. Um nowadays I'll disagree with you. I'll tell you why. But go and, ahead. And I would love to hear why. Um yeah. and uh I it just was so like artistic to me. Like it you know, we're collecting all these things mostly because of art because the, you know, the objective reasoning is, you know, sort of antiquated. Um and, uh, I always wanted, I knew I always wanted to have a moon phase watch. So I dug into the history of the moon, uh, what the, the greats had done, you know, what Brigade did with moon phases, uh, intricate moon phases, like these super accurate, uh, indications that Andrea Streller had done. And, mm-hmm. obviously, um, you know, the unique expressions, um, where it's not just a disc and it going around, you know, uh, the mount and, um, I was like, okay, like I I kind of have the idea of what I want my moon phase watch to look like. So the expression of of Lucene is twofold. One, what does a Habinega moon phase watch look like? And two, what is the design language moving forward? Um, so some people have seen the early renderings just because they're very close to me and you know, I kind of they I they're sort of like unofficial consigliaries, like kind of, you know, dynamic. Um so uh, I've shown them and they're like, dude, this is like the, you know, a <laughs> t- totally different thing. And like, um, it has the, obviously the case architecture is, is the same, albeit it's much thinner. And uh, uh, it's going to be this, I, I don't know how to describe it other than like, I just look at it and I get happy. I, I, and it's not because it's my creation. Um, it's just, I know, that this is missing in the industry, and it's not like I'm not trying to design this to to fill a gap and make sure that it makes sales or anything. It's just if I was an enthusiast, objectively speaking, and and subjectively I suppose, um, I would want this to exist in the industry, especially within the price category that I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this time around, we were uh, I was lucky enough to have been partnered with uh Jean Francois Mojan who is uh the head of Chronode, and uh he, so they're doing the movement on this one and the guy, he's just yeah he's on another level of technicality and, um, and your first your first move it was with uh Schwarz Etienne right yeah yeah okay. so Sh- Schwarz Etienne is still there. Uh they're doing the case making, final assembly, quality control, you know, the testing and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh with Chronode, we were able to realize a much thinner watch and more complicated. Uh, the finishing has been stepped up. Um, and, uh, there's going to be skeletonization. It'll be a centralized. Um, so it's, it's much more of a substantial watch. It's much wow. more of a, uh, cause to be completely honest, Josh, like the, I'm lucky first and foremost to have the people that are buying my watches. Uh, and we talked about one recently. Um, and, uh, you know that caliber of collector, I fully realize is very hard to get the ear of. So um, I'm lucky that I spent my time at, at Jorn and uh, you know made relationships with these guys, and they've become my some of my in, in some cases my best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the number one critique and essentially only critique um, was. You know, these guys are buying quarter million dollar, five hundred thousand dollar watches. You know, they're buying the Grubels and the Debetunes and the Jorns and all this crazy stuff. Um, they're like, look, we like it, but you gotta, you gotta come harder at us next time. So, um, so I'm like, you know, that gave me
0: to the- get us to spend more money. <laughs> That's what they're asking. For. Hey,
1: that too. Um, but the thing is, I know they're fully capable, um, and it, I don't want to take advantage of that fact. What I want to do is look, if you're willing to play ball, then I'm going to really serve it up for you to hit it out of the park so you feel um, proud and, and, okay, this is, you know, I have the quarter million dollar whatever, but this, I'm not going to name the price yet because it's still unofficial, but um, this much lower priced watch. Yeah, less than um, quarter million. Yeah, it's yeah. It's it's really holding its own and it's really demanding risk time. So,
0: um, well, I, you know, I don't think price, especially for a watch like in, in the, in the, it, you know, the life cycle of the watch, right? Like Jorn's were not, you know, they didn't start off selling half a million dollar watches, right? Like he was, he was, you know, dying. I mean, the subscription was what it was, obviously it was more expensive, but it was, you know, he, he was begging people, right? So it's like the price point is something that a lot of times comes from collectability and then, you know, all that stuff, but. And so, OK, well, just to put things in perspective, are you cool talking about like production numbers and stuff like that? Like how many you make? Yeah, of course. OK, so like so how many because I, I like to judge a, a watch brand on a few different things. One of the things is production numbers.
1: Right. So, you know, you, can, you don't say exact. I don't know if you know or what, but like roughly oh. how many watches do you make? I, I will. Tell, so the first uh, OO, um, total production will be one hundred fifteen. They're one hundred fifteen. All... Yeah. They're That's already it. pre-sold, you said? They're, they're all pre-sold, and once, I mean, they're, they're no, there are no more orders that are going to be taken. Um, once they're done, it's done. Like, there are no more this reference, oohn zero zero. Um, Now, I have the second version of this watch planned. I know what I'm going to do, but it will not be what you see uh, with this one in terms mm-hmm. of dot, um, uh, what you get, the colors, you know, all of that. Um, that's it. It's done. And okay,
0: so like are you so you're making them to order? How many have you delivered so far? So we are at seventy five right now. Nice. Okay. So yeah. you delivered seventy-five. And are they bespoke? Do I get to pick like so so say I call you and say, Hey, I wanna buy one of your watches, you know, here's the money. Do I get to pick dial color? Uh
1: like how does that work? Yeah, so the the three dial colors that you can pick from. Uh okay. the blue, the plum and the jade. Um it was It was sort of um, any sort of quote-unquote bespoke or unique dial. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was only one that was done. Um, And it only happened because it existed. (sighs) Um, It could have been done. And he's a guy that only collects uh, a certain type of dial or color of dial. Mm -hmm. And I was going back and forth. I'm like, do I do it? Do I do it? Um... And I said, you know what, man, um, let, let's make it happen. I also wanted to see what it would look like, to be completely honest. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, you know, it wasn't like he was forcing my hand. Um, so actually, that's the only case. And it wasn't like I had to go back to the manufacturer and be like, hey, can you experiment with this totally different rainbow color or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was just, no, no, that's fine. We That's not a very hard thing to do. So, yeah. Um, that's the only one uh, other than that no you you were limited to the three, and um I'm glad I mean I'm not sure I would say I'm glad is the word I would use, but moving forward, the colors that you're gonna see are not even like remotely the same. what will be uh in terms of optionality in the future, okay. models, including lucine um so the again, that's another thing we can talk about is like just the execution of Lucene, at uh, the very. Uh, ambiguous level because just because I haven't debuted yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's going to be different on essentially every front other than the case,
0: yeah. So it's a very different watchable well, so number one, for me being on this side of it, right, I like the fact that you're not doing bestow- bespoke, you're not just doing anything you can, right? Like, you sounds like you figured out a way to, like, you're not, you know. You're not starting on the streets. You're not just dying to sell things. Even Jorn initially would just like, you know, if somebody had spent any money with him and they wanted a special watch and even right now, I don't think he does it as much. I mean, I don't, I'm not, we're not connected to that business anymore, but from what I understand, getting a bespoke watch, basically you have to be like a shake or something. You know what I mean? Like And even then,
1: as I was exiting, I think they were kind of phasing that out because it had gotten so crazy where the regular production was so much in demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of going off what I know, right. uh, but uh, I think he was tired of doing it. Like mm-hmm. it was a process, man. It's not when you're running your manufacturer like that and mm-hmm. every, okay, this is what, these are the plans, you know, for everything. Um, and then you get an order. Oh, I, I want a uh, red dial with yellow lettering. And, and like the whole thing just kind of gets out of whack. Mm-hmm. So I remember, especially now, uh where there's so much demand he's like you know what screw it does there's not it's not worth
0: it so i say for a couple reasons right so number one obviously from the manufacturing standpoint and your time and all that stuff definitely like stay away from it but also from a collectability standpoint yeah it confuses the market so then like when you talk about like oh these are the models and then somebody something pops up at auction and it's totally different like well and it makes it gives it gives a sense to people that there's way more than these more of these out there than than it really are so that's bad for collectability. It also confuses things. And then the other thing is one thing that I am at, so like I don't know I mean a lot of people are not like this, but like for example, I drive a Jeep, right? Everybody who buys a Jeep customizes it like crazy. Yeah. Right. Mine's bone stock. And like so I look at it like listen, I don't make Jeeps. So for me to go customize my Jeep, who the fuck am I? Right? Same thing with watches. Like or art. Like I'm not here. So like I bought a watch from Garrick, right? Great, great company. they are, right. they'll do very bespoke stuff, but he's set up to do that, and it's more of a hobby for him, right? Like it's not his, like um, <clears throat> it's not his, like not that's not his bread and butter. He, you know, he has a service center. He makes his money. This is more of a passion project, and he wants to do besto- best bespoke things. But he asked me, he's like, "What, what do you want?" Right? So I, I ordered one of his models, and um, and he asked me what I wanted, and I looked at, it, and I go, "Dude, you make the watch, right?" So just make it like the way that you make it right so he just made me what i what he told me was the last model of that norfolk model like this is his lowest end model um but with a um uh, uh what's the word uh the name of the the dial i'm blanking on it right now the the type of um type of not ceramic
1: what's that the type of guilloche, you
0: mean no it wasn't guilloche. it's um uh enamel so blue oh. enamel dial his light blue enamel dial the court they call it norfolk blue it looks like Looks like the blue sky down here in South Florida. So I call it South Florida blue. But the point is, like, he asked me what I wanted. And I go, you make the watch. You know, when it's done, you send it to me and I'm going to love it. Right. Because you're the artist. So, like, that, that's how I feel about, about especially about small manufacturers. Like, if you're just letting everybody, like, you know, yeah. decide what they want, then you lose your brand identity. Then then what are you doing? So,
1: right? so I, I had the question come up plenty of times. Trust me. Um And again, anytime I turned it down and, and it's the real reason, it's not like I'm, you know, bullshitting Mm -hmm. my way, but, um, I told them, do you want the $8,000 you're going to spend to, to eventually mean something? Or do you want me to dilute, dilute, dilute until nobody knows what the hell is going on anymore? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and, and they're all very understanding, you know, they, they kind of just, I have a, like a feeling that. Maybe they're just trying to test to see what is this kid gonna do, you know? Um it could be that. I don't know if it's it if it is, but I think um, it is. I think I, there's I, a lot of that going on. I want them to feel and by them I mean the collectors and people that are gonna right. be enthusiastic about everything. Um I want them to know I have this, you know, I, I, I am in control. So mm-hmm. uh I know it's gonna hurt, you know, when I say no or whatever, but trust me when I say um even with like, you know, for example, with Lucine, you're gonna like what I'm gonna put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't it's it's fine. Like, there's not for like, you. Yeah, and, and if you right. don't like, it, not because of the dial color, you know. Right. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's not <laughs> well, not like everything's it. for everybody. That's a thing, man. Like, there's right. people who hate Rolex, right? So it's, it's, it's absurd. There's, what can you what can you hate about a Rolex? Yeah. You can just not like that. Everyone wears them and everyone likes them. But in the end, there's people who don't like everything. So like, that's that's a big thing. I feel like with especially with like uh you know if i was gonna if i had my own watch brand it would be my watch brand it's not hey you tell me what you want and i'll just try to make something and it probably won't come it'll probably be uh less than what i what i'm expecting and less than what you're expecting but you know here you go yeah or it's like hey i'm gonna make this because this is how i want it and you're either gonna love it
1: or you're not but someone's gonna love it and then that personal you know that's i think that's that's important i um I, one of my favorite quotes from uh, from anyone in the or I guess an industry leader uh, as you would call it um, max Bucer he quoted I, I forget the gentleman's name but he quoted someone you know who, that he was interacting with and um, the gentleman told him uh, mr. Busser the the uh, the design process is not a democratic process so I I really like that and it always stuck with me yep and it, it you know kind of goes into the uh, the dynamic or I guess the thinking or mentality of You're buying the watch because you are placing faith in me. So if faith is there, then, you know, I'm going to give you what you're, you're believing in. So, um, I, I'm really excited. I like, I really want it to be on people's wrists. I want it to be on my wrist, of course, because I I want to feel it already. Um, I know what Kajran or the dial maker that I work with is capable of and, he already texted me saying, and he's crazy busy because they work with some of the biggest brands. Um, I always ask him for updates. I'm like, hey, any update, photos, <laughs> oh, like give me something. Um, and he promised me today or, yeah, yeah, today, later today, um, that he'll he'll send some, some updates for me. Uh, the finish on the dial is going to be, um, I don't think anyone's really doing it. Um, and if it was done, it was done like maybe 20, 30 years ago. Hmm. Uh, what I can say, um, when you look at it straight on, looking straight at the watch on your wrist, you'll have this matte textured effect. Hmm. When you look, when you look at it from the side, it'll have sort of, if you know those early Jorn dials, the gold dials, Uh uh, sort of in a very loose way, the gold glimmer that they had, um, it will not be as in your face about it. Um, but when you're looking at it, again, matte, textured, um, you'll have uh, diamond cut polished indices, um, mm-hmm. super luminova on it, and uh, off-centered. Uh, the dial will be off-centered, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, new hands, the hands design is is what I'm going to be using moving forward. Um, that's that's uh, something, again, in the evolution of what you see in your head when you think about your perfect watch. Um, that's what I wanted uh, to be done. And mm-hmm. uh, again, if, funny enough, I never used to be a vintage guy. And I find myself more and more looking for inspiration from vintage watches. Uh, and I don't know if this is like acceptable talk or, you know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. a, um, I'm going against the industry, but I am bored, man. Uh, and and I, I, I'm not the only one. I talk to collectors a lot. And they are equally as bored. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, p- call anyone out and, you know, p- you know, speak, you know, on things that don't concern me or whatever you want to say, because everybody does what they want to do and they have their business models, whatever. But the point of people like me and Derek, for example, um, and B&F and, you know, all these different crazy, absurd things that are, you know, loosely watches, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. <laughs> Uh, is to be inherently and utterly different than what is being put out there by the big brands. So, um, you have the oh, word it's different. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, that, you know, with these large brands,
0: they need to appeal to the most people possible. So, and yeah. it ends up being all derivative. Which, listen, a Seamaster is a great watch. Yeah, 100%. I really, really like it, but it's not getting me out of bed in the morning. Like, you know, it's it, I'm not if I'm if I'm a if I'm deep in watch collecting i sh- i can look at my c master i love it for a day but it's not like the end all be all right if i look at my moser my pioneer collective like that's a freaking awesome watch for my garrick right or you know whatever i you know an mbnf uh uh you know a debit if i look at yes, my a tune Grand blue and i look at that watch i'm like oh my god like, what yeah. can i sell to buy this <laughs> you know like like what what kind of what kind of terrible financial decision can I make in order to own this amazing piece of art? So, yeah. so
1: I, uh, so I used to exclusively look at things that I, you know, remotely can't afford. You know, some of the higher end, uh, like Richard Mills, like the twenty seven hundred twos, and uh, you know, the crazy stuff that's like two and a half million, and like some, <laughs> um, and then Jorn's, which obviously, relatively speaking, are a little more affordable, but for someone like me with a kid on the way, you know, I'm not going to be spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 on a watch, so um, I kind of also looked at it as um, I don't need to price things or make things that are priced at that level to make something very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find great comfort in that. Like I know I can fully put out what i have in my mind um albeit there are t- technical limitations you know i'm not going to be funding r&d or process on uh, uh like my own remontoir you know it's just not feasible um and not be- yet not not yet not yet <laughs> uh, look, like i've thought about stuff you know i want to make a chronometer grade you know uh manual wind you know dress watch so it's all it's all there the ideas and the inspiration are there it's just it's sort of like staying in your lane until, you know, you can go into that lane. Um, so first and foremost, put out the vision that I have to do everything I can to support the market and, you know, try to do everything as a business person, um, to respect the values and make sure I'm making the decisions that also respect the values of, you know, the watches trading hands eventually. Um, and, uh, just again, like sort of how Jorn did, like, just keep, going the way you want to do it mm-hmm. uh, I listen to people like I'm I'm more than happy to like have conversations and take advice from people but I'm closed off in terms of design oh you should do this with the case oh you should change this oh you should like no man that's that's you you have a great you, idea exact,
0: yeah There. <laughs> that's the response dude that sounds great you should start your own watch brand let me know what happens yeah. Like, no, 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 I don't want to do any of the work. I just I, want to feel like I have, I have input
1: in your, in your stuff now, nah, man. I have enough conflicting ideas in my mind where I'm trying to, like, balance all of it and, no, this is going to work. No, but if I do this, it's also going to take away from this. Um, so it's... Um, the the good thing is I'm glad to say that I found a design language that will define each and every single model moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a sort of, like in um, okay uh, I want to do a perpetual calendar I know what the parameters are for a perpetual calendar in terms of a hubby Nagan um, calendar so um, you'll I don't again I can't speak on it just because it hasn't been debuted a bit, debuted yet but mm-hmm. once maybe David Lucene you'll be like oh okay this is the this is the direction that the design is going in so um, Okay. Is that also going to be a hundred mil, a hundred uh, meters? Yes. Yes. Okay. So again, we've been pretty. The case. Oh.
0: Yeah. So I definitely. told you I agree I I disagree with you in terms of the usefulness oh, yeah. of a moon moon phase. So one thing about so I have a few hobbies right so watches is my business It's also a hobby I do Brazilian jiu jitsu which has nothing to do with watches or this conversation but my third my main hobby besides that which I don't get to do as much because the kids and it's it's a hassle and it's expensive fishing okay so i'm obsessed right so we used, I, at one point i was going twice a month we were fishing down in the keys but the moon the moon phase is extremely yes. important yes. yeah absolutely so like when, we, when we're going even if i'm going to a spillway and fishing for snook right like knowing the moon phase is incredibly important because there's certain times where if the moon's at a, at a certain point I'm not getting any bites. It's not yeah. even worth going out. So, yeah. so there you go. So that's maybe maybe you think about that as your you know for us <laughs> fishermen out there.
1: So make make a moon phase watch directed towards fishermen of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well, but so well that's the thing. So like um like Panterai likes to do like so there's Panoray. I always make fun of them. They make a diving tourbillon because it's very important when you're <laughs> you know to have your tourbillon Oh, Where are you going? Right. Yeah. yeah. But so it's uh you know but a moon phase makes sense. For it's for a dive watch for that reason, because you have the tides and, you know, things like that. So, so it so, can be all tied together.
1: Funny enough, um, when I was designing Lucine, um, I was, you know, you, the immediate thing is uh, or the thought, I should say, um, OK, well, you need the moon phase, but you need the date to co- to exist with the moon phase. Otherwise, how are you going to know? So I went back and forth, back and forth. How do I this design work with a date? Um, and I tried endless amounts of combinations of placements and how do I make this work without sacrificing thickness and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I came back to, man, th- like this isn't going to work. Th- there's no way I can make this thing work without just bastardizing the whole thing. So Lucene will come, it will serve as the entry into the moon phase of gun. Now, I have the next probably two or three iterations that will come with it um totally different executions Mm. they won't, they won't even remotely resemble one another um but again that's kind of the fun is like okay this was my one painting the sky you know on on a sunny day this is going to be my painting of the sky on a rainy day like it's it's this totally Mm. like um fun experience of okay i have a perfect moon phase watch okay lucina is one version of that now, let me see if I can take it in a different direction. So um, it's it's fun to experiment with all these different ideas. And to be honest, again, the more you read and the more you learn about the history of the moon and, uh, you know, the Greeks, you know, what they did and the Egyptians and all that. You, and they had these crazy depictions of, of what they did. Mm-hmm. And well, I, even the, U- like the United States, we faked the moon two seconds.
0: <laughs> so, hey, by the way, you yeah. didn't know space is fake. By the way, yeah, I read yeah. this on the internet the other day. So prove,
1: prove it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of have these inspirational points from that stuff, and it like sure. your own genuine curiosity kind of fuels it. To be honest, if you're into it, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll something and. I'm trying to find inspiration, but it's just not clicking. I'll leave it. Like I'll get bored of whatever it is I'm I'm reading, and I'll say, you know what, this is not where it's going to come from. Uh, so, well, you know what you do then? What's that? Drugs. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll help <laughs> you with the inspiration. You get bored, <laughs> just take some drugs. Have <laughs> some just to see what happens. Yeah. Hey. Uh, no, so so <laughs> I've been I've been pretty pretty good about all that stuff to be honest. My <laughs> whole life. But, um, no, I've been pretty. Pretty creative on my own. Um, I at least I think
0: that. Um, well, I'll tell you this: the double zero is an extremely unique watch. It's so, like we talk about derivative watches. Like I'm trying to think of how, what I would compare it to, and I'm staring at a picture of it on your website right now with yeah. the green. I guess it's the jade mm-hmm. guilloche, and that's rose laid guilloche, right? No,
1: so that's that's stamped, stamped. Okay, stamped. Funny enough, guichet I. I guichet. So I, uh, a, a fellow Angelino, I guess you can say, uh, Joshua Shapiro was kind enough yeah. to invite, uh, invite me and in a uh, a good collector friend of mine, young guy, and we were genuinely interested to go see. Like, dude, this guy is guys, an American guy. He has a whole shop. Like, this is crazy. Um, so we went there, and I was like, hey, like you have your crazy magnification loop with light, like just crazy stuff. He's like, yeah, put it, put it there, and um, so he looked at his. And he's he's obviously the master of guilloche here. Um, right. He was pulling, he was pointing out like imperfections that I didn't even see. Where I'm like, wait a minute, like what? That's the because they all, even the stamp dials, they come from an actual you know hand done <laughs> dial. That's how they're stamped. So yeah. um, the reason I didn't do the hand guilloche stuff was just because it was going to make the pr- uh, the price of the watch go up significantly, mm-hmm. and I wasn't. I didn't think that the collector would be ready then and there. Right uh um, out the
0: gate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it'll be different than Jorn using brass movements yeah.
0: until he could afford rose gold. I mean and, 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 then, the, and then by the way, try to find try to find a brass movement for less than the price of a house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know?
1: so funny how psychology works with the with the market. Um oh, yeah. so I um uh as as we're moving forward and with lucene you'll have so the skeletonization is going to be on the on the bridges on the back and Mm -hmm. there will be hand-on-glage done on that so uh we're we're stepping it up you know like i know the collector base i have i know that they're able uh so i'm gonna you know flex into that you know i'm not gonna hold back so to speak um as i did one so um I I can't wait man. I I the straps are also going to be thinner just because the case is going to be thinner. Um I don't know if there'll be noticeable practicality wise. Um cuz on the drawings with the 3D drawings and the CAD systems, it's the difference is very small. It mm. looks big when you look at it online, but he's like Aaron, like you're likely not even going to notice a difference on this, but I told them, look, let's wait. Let's get the that they're called hole cases, so they're dull cases of mm-hmm. of, and um, it's just for Jean Rousseau to be able to do their thing and test and make sure everything is perfectly aligned. Um, he, I'm like, let's wait. Give you know, let's do it the right way. Let's not rush mm-hmm. things. Um, the the pin buckle is going to be different this time. Um, we, um. I wanted to step everything up. So I looked at the whole thing and said, okay, you know, the pin buckle's nice. Don't get me wrong on the first one. It, it does what it's supposed to do. Um, but I wanted it to be me. So, um, you're going to deploy it. No, we're not doing the point oh. yet because I found a good company to do the deployment. like the actual, uh, the accessory itself was very high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy was, they're working with the biggest companies in the industry and it was so hard. And even to this day, I have not gotten a response just to communicate with them. I said, you know what, man? I'm not relying on these people. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm working with a very good company for the buckles now. I just need to see much more of a durable and, and a, you know, just a strong class that I feel comfortable with. And then I'll debut that. But well, the buckles. The buckle design on the new one's gonna be really cool. It's not. I'm excited for that. I, I'll tell you this. I think that um, pin
0: buckles are are way underrated. I think that uh, deployants are way overrated. And my the, in my industry, the biggest thing I hear is, "Oh, they have to have a deployment because it's safer because it doesn't." Right. You know, like, dude. First of all, <laughs> you're spending fifty thousand dollars on a watch. You don't know how to be careful with it. Like, <laughs> safer what? What are you yeah. talking about? Like, right. I mean. You know how are you? T- you're just ripping your watch off your wrist and throwing it around. Like, listen, I know some of these guys party, right? Okay. But listen, if you can afford to party, <laughs> you can afford to fix the watch, right? Like, like I like. There's nothing more comfortable than my, I, for example, like a Panerai right. pin buckle. So, yeah. Don't rush. Don't rush the deployment. I don't think it's.
1: I don't think it's necessary. I I. It's not something that I've uh you know lost any sleep over to be honest. Awesome. Um More. Um, thought has gone into okay, like now we're getting to the point where we're like 97, 98% complete with the designs for Lucine, and um, there's just like a couple of technical details that we're waiting to see clear up. Um, but more or less, we're, we're right there. Um, I should have the prototypes by late late September, to be honest. Um, so we're like right there. Um, what I'm nice. thinking more is Okay, what's the next step? Do I do I go into HMO2 because I that's already designed. Like I already know what it's going to look like. I know what I'm going to tell them. Um the the brief I call them is what I submit to uh you know Chronode and Schwartz Etienne and and Noor saying, "Hey, this is what I need." Um so that's done. The question is, like I said earlier, do I bring the dress watch to life? at the same time, you know? So, um, and even if it's the the bracelet is something that doesn't come at the same time, something mm-hmm. you know, retrofittable and will debut later, uh, that's also doable because I'm telling you, man, The, the I am excited for HN01, H N 2 to come, but the dress watch is going to be, if it's executed the way I have it in my mind, you don't see it, man. Like, I'm telling you, and if you do see it, it's like, Six hundred thousand dollars from Patek, like it's example mm. of um, you know artisanal construction for the the case. Huh. So, we have a name for it. No, I have nothing for. It. It. I, I I've been a like dress watch. I don't know yet. Um, it's I'm thinking about the D
0: zero zero one. I don't. You know
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still Who cares?
0: It. Don't give it a name. Yeah, it's yeah. dealers that trade in it. That's. I'll I'll tell you this. I've said this before, the reason why Jorn at first was not traded so heavily by other, by dealers is because there's no reference numbers. Like the, 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 the references are so like hard to know and hard to remember. And like, in like you, you, they're, they're not, it's not like a, a neat reference number, like a Rolex or a Patek. And oh, I you think mean,
1: that, like this? You, you don't mean the serialization, do you? No, not
0: the serialization. I'm talking about the, the reference number, the model numbers. So, oh, like a uh, reserve de march that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, so exactly. So there, there are codes, yeah, but they're confusing, and yeah. most dealers don't know them. And still, like, so, like, if I search in my inventory, right, I, nobody remembers the 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 model numbers or, or the like the the model codes for sure. Right. Nobody does. Like you, chronograph. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's like like H N whatever whatever it is. Right. like Nobody does. There's no, maybe George Mayer in my office, remember, right. said, <laughs> right, right. but I don't think Jordan does. But so that, that is actually a, that, one of the reasons why they didn't trade between dealers initially, because it's hard to identify the watches that way, That's, that's which I think is actually a benefit. So. That's crazy. That's, um, uh, it's, it's also, it, show, it shows you how simple this, this industry is that like something like that. Yeah. yeah because that's... like, yeah, well, d- dealers you know, in this industry, it's not a professional, uh, uh, industry. There, there are professionals in it, but it's dominated by people who are like half in half out. So if they can't, like, if they can't identify the watch specifically with a code, like a, a number code, a six or an eight digit number code, it's like too much. Move on. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's why you only had a very small amount of dealers initially that were into the watches. And they, like, I've, I know guys that were up until like, three or four years ago would buy a watch thinking it was one thing and it came out it turned out to be a different thing and they just didn't realize it because there's no like there's no like you know simple model
1: reference so i um i i always wanted to keep it simple um and uh i don't see it becoming any more complicated to be completely honest so HNOO, uh, why didn't you go with hno one well because this was the the founders thing you know the launch the so. genesis yeah, yeah. So Zero uh, starts at zero, man. It serves more as they uh, okay, when I look at my wrist and a Havina is on my wrist, that's what comes to mind. And then as it evolves, you'll see the more nuanced it's gonna get thinner and thinner and thinner. And thinner um, because that do you was have dial codes though? Like I'm like sorry. Rolex has sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but do you have do you
0: have dial code? So like for the jade, so is it H N one dash something something?
1: no no um it's hnoo jade or plum um it's it's not a uh i mean the 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 dial maker does when they send me for example mm-hmm. the uh, the technical plans for each one uh mm-hmm. there is a code but i i chose not to um right. it's just i it's i want to make my life as simple as possible man um and and again for the collectors too so uh, i mean some most of the collectors just say hey your first watch mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't talk about dial color uh they just say i have your first watch you know and um well when it goes to auction
0: in 50 years from now and in, in you know the the prototype that's on your wrist right now goes for half a million dollars or a million bucks sure no so his I first mean, watch.
1: i don't know about that uh <laughs> i if that happens that's like what the hell did I do? You know? <laughs> um, and, um, I, I am genuinely excited to see what people say and not in a, uh, oh, I hope they say good things about it. Um, I genuinely and sincerely from the bottom of my heart mean if I was a collector waiting for something special to come, this would be like, okay, I'm satisfied. This is cool. um, and if you can't afford it, that's a whole other conversation. Because Forzy puts out stuff that I can't afford all the time, and I look and I'm like, "Damn, man! Like, what do I need to do?" You know, well, CAS—that's I- another watch. That's like shit. So, what
0: do I need to sell? Can right. I can I get away with selling my house and just have the watch? What? How much is divorce going to cost after
1: that? You yeah, know? <laughs> so, so there's also comfort in that. Um, as a co- as a collector, as you know, even though I have put off collecting whatsoever, you know, just again baby coming, uh, mm-hmm. with the development of the company itself, um, I do not want to, uh, and I'm, to be completely honest, I'm not really pulled by anything really, um, and I'm glad to say the things I am pulled by, I can't even remotely afford, so <laughs> when, uh, Grubel. Put out the um, it was the uh, I think it's the newest balancier, um, the convex line uh, with the globe, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So when, I, when GMT, I, yeah, GMT I got, that they just released. Yeah. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, man! I watch right, that's. Yeah. Um. But then I saw the price. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad it's that high. You know, like I, I don't even remotely think about ever affording this because uh and it's not because of a limiting mental you know space or anything like that it's just on the way lord knows we'll have another baby eventually you know college funds all that stuff and just maintain the business and all you know i'm good i'm, I'm designing the things i want to design i'm very happy when they come to life um uh i have a panerai which again i don't i haven't worn a very long time my wife wears a brigade um and that was something that it kind of, we kind of just like happened. It, it just kind of happened. Um, and a very good deal was made. So I was just, I'm was like, man, there it's a Daniel Roth era designed, uh, brigade. So 36 year. Um, I think you might, did you ask me about that? You were asking me like, Hey, this is a good deal.
0: I think I, I remember talking to you about a ladies brigade. Maybe I, I
1: Maybe. actually was, um, um, Steven Rostovsky, who was a, who was a very, you know, good. I would, sure. I would, Very much call him a good friend of mine, and just I, he's been a gentleman to me ever since I've met him from my days at Jorn. He's Uh, a big supporter of the independence. So, so exactly, exactly. So, um, I was my wife um, was looking for something. She's like, I want something cool, unique, and she was going back and forth, going back and forth on Chrono Twenty Four. And one day she sends me this brigade. I think it was a three three, yeah, a three 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 O B A. Mm -hmm which is a day, date, moon phase, off-centered hours and minutes, um, closed back. And I went to Chrono24. I'm like, you like this? Like, this is something? I thought you were, like, you know, looking into, like, I don't know, small AP Roy looks or something. I don't know, more, you know, what girls are into. Um, I think and- you asked me if I had this. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't have this one. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, I did some digging, and then I found the 3337 BA, which is a, they call it the um, Le Chinois, which is, I guess it was made for the Chinese market. Um, Again, I didn't know anything about this era of Breguet. And Mm -hmm. I dug deeper, dug deeper, found a fully engraved uh, case back, exposed case back. Um, beautiful hand engraving 18 karat gold movement um, three-quarter uh, micro rotor you know the way I think they still do it at this point um, mm-hmm. but then I found out oh this is a 1994 or five watch and it was designed by my per one of my personal favorite designers and watchmakers Daniel Roth mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm like you know what man and by the way it served in a way and in, as an inspiration or sorry, the pocket watch version of this watch, which mm-hmm. was by Breguet himself, was sort of the inspiration for Lucene. So I'm like, and then mm-hmm. on 24, I look for it. Funny enough, guess who has it? Stephen Rostovsky. So I take to the street. There you go. I'm like, Stephen, please, please, please tell me <laughs> to have this watch. Um, and like, you're the first
0: person to ever
1: say you know, that about that watch. Yes. Yes. He's Like, hold on.
0: Let me go. That's the oldest watch we have in inventory. <laughs> we got the guy who wants
1: it. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going like, oh, yeah, it's yours right now. Um, no, there was a hold on it. Um, like, please, Steven, like, whatever you need to do, man, like, this, I can't believe my wife is the one asking me for this. Like, this is just <laughs> the pocket watch version of this served as the inspiration. Like, this is just all the things are connecting. Um, so... He, he emails back with the guy that had it on hold. And uh, I think he had an assistant or something who responded saying, Hey, he's, he's out. He's good. Um, so i and I, tr- I ended up trading a watch with him, um, that my wife was not into anymore. And, um, they got some cash in, in for it. Nice. And, uh, and we walked away with that. And I was, I'm, I'm so happy that it all worked out. And I guess this is what, when, cause again, like I've been in the industry for a while, but I, I haven't collected much just because mm-hmm. you know, you have a business and you don't want to spend money. That you know, um, I haven't experienced that thing that collectors always talk about this crazy story. And like it just it just worked out, the universe put whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I look at that watch and I'm like, man, like this, it was meant to be like this was meant to be in the collection. Um, she wears it all the time, she loves it. And um, again, it's That's one awesome. of those. The market doesn't appreciate these things yet. Um no. I think they're not like, for a long time. Well that
0: yeah. so first of all, you just made me really happy. So I I don't know if we talked about it. My my favorite watchmaker of all time is George Daniels. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. like he's making brigade style watches. Yeah. So the fact that you're saying that Lucine has was has a uh uh was what what's what's the word? Would you say it was? It was
1: um inspired by the, the
0: inspired by Breguet moon phase like that's so it's if it looks anything like I'm thinking in my head, I'm gonna be obsessed with the watch.
1: It, so it's it's um, I I always tell people you go far back enough in design, you're gonna end up at Breguet. Yep, uh, and um, well, he's I, he's like every is your favorite watchmaker's favorite watchmaker. Journe, ex- George exactly. Daniels, and like I, there's a list that goes on. I always. Uh, loved the design and the fact that he like did whatever he wanted with the the complications mm-hmm. so there was a pocket watch with a world time it's off-centered the whole you know as opposed to it being the entire watch style yeah. um it's off-centered and it's so like it's it's so different especially back then where people are mm-hmm. like that was this um and you you can't help but like Dude, that's inspiring, man. Like this guy did whatever the hell he wanted, how he wanted, and it came out. I don't know. People appreciate those pocket watches, obviously, because they're so rare and you know they mean something. But you know, you look at the rest of the brand for whatever reasons, uh, you know, that people will say um, it's not appreciated as much. Um, I'm happy- well it has to do with with distribution or marketing for the well, for the brand. I mean, that's the reason. Whatever the reason is, um, what I'm the point I'm trying to make is. This was an homage done by one of the greatest living uh, watchmakers and designers, Daniel Roth, for the greatest watchmaker that ever lived, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's like, and it served as the inspiration. It's blah, blah, blah. All these things that worked out in, in my world. I'm like, man, this is it. Like, this is the watch that I need to have. So luckily, Stephen was kind enough to make that deal happen. And um, I... I hope I get to keep it forever because it's a very special watch man uh, I just hope I wish it was a little bigger because I have Hulk wrist and it looks <laughs> like on me um, and uh, I just can't wear it so my wife wears it all the time but um
0: yeah, well I'll tell you this this is something that I'm seeing um is that uh small vintage watches are becoming more popular like yes. de- I deal with like um some athletes guys that maybe 15 or yeah. 20 years ago would be wearing full diamond pieces are now asking <laughs> about like small vintage cartiers i yeah. like basketball players and stuff like right. that and i think that that's something that's coming up is that you're gonna see small gold vintage watches on straps becoming very popular in pop culture i don't know how that's gonna work in terms of like like uh watch sales because like AP's not going to make a watch like that. No, right? no. like People are going to be looking for these. So it's going to be a weird trend. And I don't know how long it'll last, but I'm already seeing it. Like you're seeing like, so like I'm, I deal with a guy who's a stylist for an extremely popular um, recording artist who's like a trendsetter. And yeah. so this, is how it works. Those guys, the stylists at those guys first, you know, they start, they, they start out wearing whatever. And then, then, then the guys that they work with wear it and then everybody else wears it. He's wearing like he bought a a small vintage Cartier for me that like was at best was a unisex watch, but is, yeah. would definitely I would a lot of people would call it a ladies watch, but I'm like, and he's like, no man, I need to have it. And I'm like, damn, it's kind of nice. And then I started looking at these watches. Like I looked at a a 34 millimeter 1970s gold date just today at our in our office with a rivet bracelet. It's tiny, but I'm like, damn, this thing's kind of nice
1: i could so, do i could see me some my i could wear this sure so so um again like uh, the reason i say i'm bored from from most modern stuff mm-hmm. is because back then 67 whatever the that time was uh, especially neo vintage stuff so like you know the you know late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. all these brands were having fun man like they were doing crazy dial designs and just throwing some, like I, a, a friend of mine recently took, so they started with, doing drugs. Uh, well, <laughs> it could, could be, hey, yeah. For come sure. on. <laughs> um, it could very well be the reason. Um, they were just having fun and it doesn't have to be this mass appeal thing. Maybe you spend all this money in R and D and design this thing. Um, and maybe a thousand people buy it. So what if you're, if you're Cartier, you can muster it, take the hit. You know, and then you have a thousand people that are insane about the watch. And the value it's only gonna help to benefit you. Like the values of those watches are just gonna go through the roof, which is I guess what you're seeing with the crash and you know all these asymmetric
0: mm-hmm. stuff. And um my friend Do you know what I'm seeing right now? Sorry to interrupt, I'm looking on as we speak, I'm looking on Chrono twenty four. Thirty three and thirty-five millimeter brigade classiques yes in gold. Yeah for five thousand
1: bucks yep. for Thirty-four, fifty. Yep. I mean, you, you. If uh, this is the time, mm. all wrists. Because if you're into brigade and you and you have small wrists, you can find utterly insane watches for fractions of what. Yeah, they for should. no money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my friend um, uh, Eric. He. So I told him about this watch, and I'm like, dude, you need to, you need to hop on this because I know how he is. He's obsessive, and when he likes something, he wants every version of it. So. Mm-hmm. He's very capable <laughs> in terms of uh, buying power. So um, I told him, hey, dude, I just picked this up. And he's like, oh, that's nice. I have seven of them. been <laughs> <It's like, laughs> in every metal and every dial color. Um, oh, that's hilarious. Um, I, I recently told him about, I've recently started looking into, um, even though I don't think I can even play ball, to be honest, because I think the market's already up on it. Um, vintage Vacheron Constantin, Um teardrop references uh the lugs Ooh. were like these very the scallop unique... yeah scallop yeah. lugs yes yeah. so um those again uh vintage urban jurgensen reference one two three you know the the early references um those cascading case designs man you know where it's just not done anymore and if it okay. is it's like art uh what was it um uh that company out of barcelona um art oh art- Artisans that Chronometry, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, I I'm pretty sure I know who the collector is that ended up buying that watch. They recently put out a teardrop split second yeah, a split second um bimetal. I think it was uh rose gold accents and a some sort of white metal. I forgot what it was. Um but you look at that, you're like, that is it. That's a watch. Um, now, albeit that probably cost him $500,000. I have no idea. Um, but the thing is, that's what you should feel when you see something where you're like, Holy shit, man, what is that? So <laughs> when, when I saw Roger Smith's, um, the Palm dial, mm. my my friend and I, he sent it to me. I haven't seen that he has sent it to me, but I saw it. I sent it to him. Um, so we're both like, Oh wait, <laughs> like we both sent the same thing to each other. Um, I was like, My God, man! Like that—that's what a watch is, and that's what it should make you feel. So, um, a part of why I'm doing what I'm doing also comes back to, look, man, ninety-nine point nine point nine percent of the world cannot afford a hundred thousand, twenty thousand, whatever it is. These numbers are ridiculous. Um, maybe I can be the guy that kind of meets you halfway. You know, like I can put out something interesting and captivating without you saying, "Dude, I have to mortgage the house to buy this." So for now. Uh, for, look, I mean, I don't think I'll ever go into things that put me above six figures again. Don't hold me to that. I don't know. Um what I see myself being more as in the market in terms of the meat of what I what I offer, not um, you know, these like let's say if I have this crazy idea for a flying tour beyond and some crazy minute repeater down the line whatever. Um that could be a totally different idea, but um for the meat of it, uh, fifteen to like that twenty-five thousand dollar range of of, you know, what else can I buy when I mm-hmm. look at this or something from one of the bigger brands at the same range? You're like, ah, you know what? I think I'm gonna go with this because it's just much more interesting and captivating. So, I'm happy to even tell people like the third watch that you will that will come, you know, after Lucine, is going to be a jump hour retrograde minutes. So, um, the it's cool. all the. That just I love retrograde. Like I am huge. Really? Yeah, I love retrograde. Um, so You're Roger Bowie and Frank Mueller fan sounds like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a vintage, vintage. No, uh, of course. You know, I
0: don't think I don't think either of those companies are doing any retrogrades now. But okay,
1: so um, is there is
0: there any company that's doing retrograde? I'm trying to think here.
1: Um, so so actually, funny enough, um, one of the guys that I work with, Jean-Francois Mojan, um, he runs his own company called uh, Cyrus. So I, I think there are bigger watches, which is why people don't appreciate them, in my opinion. I have a wrist that can probably wear it. Um, he, he, I think he's also a huge fan of Retrograde because you can look up his stuff. There are some pretty crazy complications he's, he's put together, and he's known as the complications master. So um, mm-hmm. I know even when, for example, you know, uh, uh, when MBNF does certain complications, they'll go to him. Uh, the finishing stuff, his team will take care of. Um, he's he's one of the most brilliant people that, like, if you know, you know, kind of guy. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so well, there's like sport watches. They're like sport watches with wild complications. Yeah, yeah, his his are totally utterly sports. Yeah. He, I, I, Cyrus the, spelled C Y R U S. If anybody's yeah. listening, want to look it yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. So. He's. I think he's a bigger guy so he can muster wearing 45 millimeter watches um mm-hmm. uh so that works for him again you know it's it's not meant for everyone because most of the market is not going to be able to wear a 45 millimeter watch but mm-hmm. if you're into it you're a big enough guy and big enough wrist, you know I I well, think I'm wearing a 45 right now yeah yeah and, and but, by the way
0: but by the way where's like a 42
1: that's a wire look yeah yeah that's a totally mm-hmm.
0: different wire yeah. look radio
1: mirror right I right. Buy so, one today for 4000 bucks or below. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> I um I have my qualms about how Panerai has been doing things recently as far as a business is concerned, but you know, that's yeah. that's I a whole said many many times. I love their watches, I don't like their
0: business. I, right. I, yeah. I I mean, making so- watches I got in trouble actually for on a podcast or on a, on a on a YouTube channel. We we were Panerai dealers at the time, but I referred to one of their watches. They 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 made a big deal that they were making one of their watches out of recycled titanium. And I said, okay, great, Trashtanium, fantastic. Because how many, I mean, I've never seen, you know, uh, titanium floating in the ocean, but apparently they they scooped it up and they made some, like, recycled titanium, come on. I'm reading
1: this uh, article today about how um, there's this green movement um, within the watch industry, and that's how the brands plan on appealing to Gen Z. And I'm kind of thinking... Yeah, it was a Watchbox article, by the way. Oh, was it? Okay, there you go. So yeah. I... I... I, I don't know um if this is something that is going to make me spend thirty, forty thousand dollars on a watch, you know, hey, you know, helping the planet. Well, th-
0: yeah, it was they were talking about vegan leather
1: straps and stuff. I'm like, hey, listen, man. Right, more, I mean, you know, uh if if that's that's your prerogative. Um
0: I don't it's, know. It's weird. It's weird and pandery I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see that. I mean, I'm in the market, I'm dealing with collectors. I've ne- sure. no one has ever asked me is that vegan leather strap? Yeah, never. Not one time has asked me. And listen, if they did, go cool, out more power to you, man. You spending your money on frivolous things like watches, like cool. You sure. get the pick. Sure. But I don't think I don't think that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's a large um, contingency of people looking for vegan leather. But I, I don't know. I, I don't wear. I
1: wear rubber straps. So though this is a calfskin, I, um, I love this watch. I. Uh... I I choose to focus on the things I know my guys care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, to each their own. At the end of the day, I suppose the market decides. You know, if if they so like no
0: vegan leather for you.
1: No, no, no. It's, <laughs> and look, if it look. If it looked great, why not? Yeah. Um, well, I, what,
0: what's the, what's the name of the company? And uh, it's called something Paris BP. Um, they will make a strap literally out of anything. Someone, someone told me that they, that they can make a strap out of human skin, which is bizarre to me. But the, so I, 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 we got, I got shipped a watch and when it came in, it turns out it was on, it was on elephant leather, which we had to like discard because it's highly illegal. Right. Um, but it was it. at, what, what's the name of this? Uh, it's called something Paris. I, now nah, I forget. I used to know. Oh, ABP. ABP Paris, right? They'll make a strap out of literally anything for you. Somebody was telling me that they made a strap out of out of eggplant skin.
1: What? I'm just impressed that you could do that. Look, man, Moser. I think Moser made a, a watch out of cheese. <laughs> yes, there you go. Not vegan. <laughs> Not vegan off, cheese. Like those, um, <laughs> I don't know. It gets a little. Yeah,
0: ABP Paris. They will make watches out of like endangered species and uh, <laughs> or whatever you ask them for. <laughs>
1: So, you know, fun, so funny enough, and I think it's something that kind of can be consistent in ideology from, you know, whatever I do in terms of design and business and decisions and, you know, just the accessories and what I want to offer. Um, there was a time when I think I was maybe five, four or five months out from when I was going to leave Jorn. Um, Francois Paul had visited our boutique and I think it was the first time I'd met him. And... Um, you know, initially when you first meet him, you see this guy, you're like, dude, this guy is, he's a somebody, you know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's a powerful presence in the room. Yeah. Uh, and I really love that about it because I have very few people in my mind that I've met where I'm, I felt that. Uh, so I'm glad to say that he has that. Um, and at one point during the event that was going on in the boutique, I go up to him and it's me, Laurent, who is Paul's yeah. brother. And François Paul. And um, Laurent's like, do you have any questions for him? I'm like, yeah. have <laughs> um, But my at the time, I was thinking about, a, um, you know, the dress mechanical, you know, uh, watch that I wanted to do. And I knew you, you want consistent flow of energy. You do to do a barrel, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I was thinking, OK, but, you know, you also have constant force stuff. And I asked them, why haven't you ever done anything with a fusane chain? Um, and he, he kind of like smugly, like laughed at me and he's like, why would, in French, of course, and Laurent's translating, uh, why would I do that? And I said, I, you know, you're, you know, you can do it, you know, it's um, shit, I didn't know you were going to ask me a question back. <laughs> I'm like, if there's someone that can do it, it's you, you know? Um, and he said, it would be a waste. Like it's, it's the dual barrel Already gets consistent flow, um, and he's like, "If I was going to do it, which I did, I would do the the, uh, the gear driven mm-hmm. uh So, uh, well, somebody needs to tell Dewitt. Well, what I, what, what I <laughs> yeah, what I what I found from that was keep it simple. Like, don't don't do frivolous things. Don't do like don't. So do don't stuff. put a tourbillon in your diving watch. Is what you say? <laughs> is that is that <laughs> your advice for life? So, so another <laughs> and uh, while we're on the joint thing, uh, I I love Laurent and he's he's my brother man. Like I I still text him like crazy stuff and um you know I'm gonna go see them I think in the next two days, um, uh, we, were at, we had a tour beyond talk event that we they were holding and I this was after I had left and he invited me. He's like, come check it out. Um, so I go, and do you know? I don't know if you ever met Kenny. Uh, Kenny. Um, Bald, bald Asian guy, uh, Kenny Chow.
0: I don't, I don't know if I've
1: met him or not. So in, in any case, he was a collector, Jorn collector from early on and he loved the brand so much. He left his job and moved into, you know, he replaced me essentially. Oh. Uh, so he's up there giving like this prepared speech and being very detailed. And you can, when you meet him, you'll know exactly what I mean. He's like mm. on it. Like he's, he's talk he really wants to be on top. Um, <laughs> and then Laurent, and they're talking about the Torbjorn, and Laurent's part comes around. And he's like, "Listen, to this <laughs> so, the Torbjorn is shit." like the the whole thing is like, <laughs> the way he said it was like one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. Um, Again, you know him, right? You met Laurent, right? He's of course, got, got this like brutal, not give a shit attitude about anything, and he'll say whatever's on his mind. Um, he what he him met, and
0: Jordan what, have both he, had that. The executive but, team for the company is much like that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. uh, the, the you know, again, what he meant to say was potentially useless in a wristwatch. So, yeah. uh, you know, it just kind of. No, no, he means it's shit. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> learned from a lot from them. Um, and I think the number one thing I learned from them was. Uh, really stick to what you're doing, man. Like, don't try to become something you're not. Um, don't try to, like, really stretch out and try to market yourself in a way like trying to attract people. Um, you you just stick to what you're doing. Even if it doesn't mean you're going to have a million people following you, you will have a hundred, a thousand people that really want to follow you. So um, I, I choose to go that route. Um, uh, that like I still reflect back a lot, man. Um, and and when I, I, I went, I went to Dubai recently. Um, I don't oh, know if I ever did very Nice.
0: Did you visit the watchbox store in Dubai?
1: I did not. So it was oh, actually shame um, on you. you know, I'll make this a lot because I know you're also you need to run too, Josh. Um, uh, yeah, it's late here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I we went. I went to Dubai the first. The reason I was going is because Perpetual, um, mm-hmm. which is Lika and Hamdan over there, um. They were like, hey, we're going to throw this event. You got to be here. I said, absolutely. I've never been to Dubai. The baby's going to be here in a couple months. Like, screw it. This is the last thing that I do. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I tell my dad, I'm like, hey, by the way, like I'm I'm going to Dubai for business. He's like, I've never been to Dubai. I'm like, hey, I'm like, do you want to come? Yeah. He's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, all right, cool. Then we're at a dinner at my in-laws and, you know, we're talking and we, I tell them, hey, by the way, I'm going to Dubai for business. And it's my, my wife's father and her, and two of her uncles. And, um, and I mentioned, and they're like, I've never been to Dubai. Like, what if if?" I'm like, like, yeah, why not? Let's go. And then we're at another family event the next day and two other guys are also there. And we and again, the same thing happened. So now we have six or seven people coming with us. So we all ended up going, had the time of our lives there. Um, The reason I'm telling the story is because it was the first time I was meeting with Hamdan and Malika. Mm -hmm. I don't know them. Have you ever heard of Perpetual? Well, I know Perpetual, yeah, but I I don't know. So they run Perpetual in Dubai. And... I was introduced to them via my best friend from Kuwait, who is like, he's not my best friend. He's my brother. Like, this guy is my brother. Um, And um, they took it on his word to partner with me, Uh, not having seen the watches, not ever having met me in person, none of that stuff. We did Zoom calls. Um, But instantly, the second I walked into that office, when I first saw them, it was like, I'm with my people, man that like these guys get it. They know exactly what Javi Nagan is. They know exactly how we treat each other and how we talk to one another, uh, col- you know, me to the collector, the collector to me. Um, it was a very, Oh, thank God moment. You know, uh, cause you want to be careful with like who you're working with. You know, you don't want 100%. to misre- misrepresent you. So, um, uh, it was one bad of the business
0: m- partners, like,
1: like bad marriage. They'll 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 ruin things, man. Uh, they yeah. will. It's kind of like uh, I hate to use them wreck the joint, man. The cancer, yeah, like it grows. Oh up. yeah. Uh, so they treated me like family more than like family, and um, I'm I'm glad to say again as we as we end the conversation, they will have a limited edition version of Lucene. Uh, oh. That will be. I don't know how many we're gonna do. We're still d- deciding that, but um, it's gonna be very cool. It's gonna be um on brand with their their you know how they do things um Eastern Arabic numerals applied you know it's nice. gonna be, it's gonna be really cool um, that watch will sell that's for sure yeah oh, it's it's <laughs> i already like I already have a guy that I met at one of the events um and I just showed him the rendering and he's like, dude just just let me know like this is like, <laughs> this is un- like just send me your know. wire instructions
0: <laughs> I'm like no no
1: <laughs> you- Talk to Hamdan and Malika about that. That's, that's your, Oh, that's,
0: that's So, uh, which, okay. Cause I think last time we talked, so how many authorized dealers do you have?
1: So if for now, officially it's just perpetual in Dubai. Okay. Uh, I am very close to working with someone in your neck of the woods. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we haven't officially dotted anything or signed anything, but, uh, it's going to happen. Cool. Um, and by somebody way, who, who can, who is going to treat it right. Oh yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. well, I met him Um the guy gets it. Um, and, and, you know, we were at an event together and I was, and I paid very close attention to how he was behaving and how he was like, you know, moving around the room and talking to people. And, um, it was very much the same feeling I had at the Jorn boutique events. Okay. So, um, I was that's what sealed the deal for me. I was like, dude, do you let me know when you want to move forward? Um I'm I'm good. So, he will have um potentially a second limited edition. There will be four versions of the watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, two main production that I will deal with um and two limited editions for each retailer. Uh, again, very small. Like it's not going to be like 50 pieces of right, right,
0: right, right. Yeah, please keep it. it no. With the, be careful with authorized dealers. I I I assume I know who you're talking about. The guy is going to take great care of you. He's, he cares. He actually cares about watches, but
1: yeah, be careful. Yeah. So, so um, again, it's all tentative for the time being because nothing is officially done. But conversation-wise, we're there. Um, one and... day we'll have a Thanos special edition of one of, of the HN09. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, it's look. I mean, <laughs> uh, I I want the people to be happy with what I put out and the reason I'm even doing the limited editions with them is because if it was ever something they said oh this would be cool and I look at it and I'm like I would never do this like it's never going to happen mm-hmm. um, it only made sense to do it so um, I'm happy to say one of the limited editions is going to be um, Meteorite from the moon oh. which you know wow. are with the you know Lucene of course so um that's that's going to be the one of the limited editions and I I told uh, Romeo who is the the CEO of uh, Cadroner um don't send me pictures I want to wait till you send me the actual dial samples and then I want to see them so um uh we're almost there it's it's You're waiting on that a lot of exciting things man nice awesome well We're supposed to do an hour.
0: We did an hour and a half. We could probably do another hour and a half, (laughs) but we're going to leave that for next time for the third iteration. You, So you're also, you you mentioned a few times, but you're literally, your wife could kick down the door right now and say, let's go to the hospital. She's that pregnant. So that's pretty amazing with your first child, which just talking to you now for now probably about three hours, I know that the level of inspiration you're going to get from the birth of your child is going to just explode your brain. Yeah. Like everything
1: that you're talking about now, it's just gonna go wild. I mean, I, we're we're very, very, very anxious in a good way. Um, yeah, just ready. It's great. Well,
0: listen, as somebody who's, who's gone through it twice now, and it there's nothing better, and it makes life complicated, but in the best way possible. So I'm right. really excited for you, man. I know you're gonna be you're gonna be very happy. You're I I assume no one's gonna be able to get a hold of you for three months after it's born. Let's uh, see. So, cause that's how, that's how that goes.
1: Let's see. Well, the, the, the funny thing is the good thing is, um, I mean, amongst the many other things, but, um, I like the way I have simplified my life in that, especially when the baby's here, there's my family and then mm-hmm. there's, and very, very few other things in between. Um, and I find very, a very, uh, comforting piece in that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, he sounds like you're prepared, man. But yeah, good luck with that, because <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it, it doesn't work that way. You'll see. Yeah. Whatever, man. For the first few weeks, it'll be it'll be wild chaos. But you'll it'll you'll be so in love with that little child. Did you say it was, I can't remember? Did you say it was a boy or a girl? Girl, little girl. Yeah. So there you go. I'm, as a girl, dad times two. I know. I know, dude. It's like there's nothing better, man. You yeah. literally I fall in love every time I look at my daughter. So, um, and I know you're going to be that way too. So that's awesome, man. I'm very happy for you. I'm excited for for your human baby. I'm excited for your next watch, baby. That's
1: yes, yes, yes. good.
0: It's coming out, and exactly. uh, I'm I still haven't touched, felt, seen one of your watches in my hands. I need to, I need to make that happen. Um, but I'm um, all right, sweet man. So, anything else? We got to let the folks know. Anybody who's listening this deep into the podcast, um... special discount code for your website. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Aaron. Discount. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's um, we're almost done. I guess a summary of, of all this is HNOs are almost done delivering. Um, HNO1 Lucine is a, a f- you know a few months at max from being debuted. Um, I'm going to be throwing an event actually here in LA uh, at to serve as a thank you to uh, the uh, the collectors that supported me on the first one and to be the first official debut and where people will actually see Lucine try it on. Um, I'm going to, it's like the first official Javi event. So nice. Um, that, that will, I'm thinking late October for that. So cool. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where we're at. That's what we're going to be. Beautiful.
0: Doing. Well, fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time tonight. Um, guys, if you're listening right now, you're a champion and we love you. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, I know I'm supposed to put out one of these podcasts every month. I've been, I'm a little bit slacking on this, but, um, I have a few more listed up here and we got, we have some good, um, we do have a few good uh, uh, guests that you guys are going to appreciate. So again, thank you so much. Uh, Please subscribe. If you need to get in touch with me, you can find me, you can send me an email at jthanos at watchbox.com. Find me on
1: Instagram at Mr. Thanos. Um, Aaron, how do people get in touch with you? So it's uh, the website, first and foremost, Uh Instagram, I'm always checking, you know, the DMs and the comments and all that stuff. So at HavidNagan. Um My personal number, uh, you can find pretty easily. I'm not I'm not going to put it out there on the box. But you can find it pretty pretty easily. And uh, no, just the email info at Nagan is probably the best way to go about it officially. And uh, yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, until next time, good luck shoot me a picture of the
0: baby when it when it arrives and uh and you get some sleep.
1: Thank you man. I, I
0: <laughs> seriously man. Of course. Absolutely. Thanks Aaron. Take care. Awesome. All right.